I decided to become a Revelation Wellness instructor because of the freedom that I found for my own life. And I know that if you're wondering or thinking if this is something God has called you to, it is. God is calling you to freedom. God is calling you to find your identity as a child of God, but not only that, but to share it and impart it to everyone around you. Through this program, you will find freedom. You will stay free and set others free. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, whether body issues like I did, whether marital, relationship, financial, whatever it is that's weighing you down, this is something for you that God is calling you. Do not doubt anymore. You are hearing from God. Take the next step. Well, hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. I want to thank Margie for sharing her testimony about coming through uh, Revelation Wellness Instructor Training. Our next class is enrolling right now, Platoon 25. And you may or may not know, it is our first ever online at-home training program. You can become a certified Revelation Wellness faith-based fitness instructor, someone who leads others in loving God, getting healthy, being whole, and loving others does not mean you are perfect at all. It just means you know that fitness and food has got to be about something more, something greater. And we'll train you for that message. So swipe up on the show notes and find out more about enrolling in this next class. There is truly very, very, I, I say no barriers to entrance. Um, so find out all the information you need don't delay. I don't know if we're going to do this again. I feel like God is changing things every week around here. I don't know if you're feeling that too. So we'd hate to say um, we are going to do it. I don't know what anything will look like on the other side of this season. We're just in today. And as Jesus says, hey, don't worry about tomorrow. It'll have enough for its own. So we are encouraging you to download a packet today and find out more. And today I'm bringing you a teaching about what is a Revelation Wellness Instructor. If you've never, if it's not even on your radar to become a Revelation Wellness Instructor, I encourage you to listen because really a Revelation Wellness Instructor is someone who wants to get free, stay free, and set others free. They want that freedom work of what God, what Jesus paid on the cross for them to have to be done inside of them. That's what we do. And when you do that, you're being discipled and then you naturally disciple others. So listen today if you have a nudge and a call on your life and you're just not sure how it plays out. Maybe it is to be a Revelation Wellness Instructor. Maybe it's not, but whatever it is, I do know nobody is exempt from the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all the nations. So thanks for letting me do that with you. I love hearing your testimonies, leaving reviews. Donors, thank you for being partners with us every month. Your monthly partnership with us uh, is doing wonders in this time. So thank you for how faithful you are. We will continue to show up and give you the best that we got. We're listening. Let us know how we can serve you. And we'll see you back in the official Revelation Models community page. If you haven't joined that, you can also swipe up and join and uh, get in the greater conversation of loving God, getting healthy, being whole, and loving others. All right, you guys have a great day, and I will talk to you again soon. Peace. And welcome to the podcast, the Revelation Wellness Podcast. We're so grateful you're here.
Oh, well, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And super excited. This book is right up our alley. You just uh, published your most recent book, Don't Overthink It, Stop the Loop of Unproductive Thoughts That Lead to Decision-Making Fatigue. I mean, if ever an audience, you found the audience here because <laughs> this brain-body connection thing, it's like the thoughts that we have, mm-hmm. gosh, do they ever get in the way and then we carry it around in our our bodies so much. So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and then why you wrote this book. Sure. Um, I'm Ann Bogle. If you know me online, it's probably from Modern Mrs. Darcy or the What Should I Read Next podcast. Yes. And I'm just living my life in close quarters right now with everybody else. Um, Where are you? Which which state? City state? I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Okay. So um, it's a, yeah, it's a nice place to be. Four kids and a dog. Okay, so the weather's yeah. conducive to COVID-19? Well, I mean, it just got hot like in the past week, which is not oh. my favorite. We were having conversations about maybe we could have quarantined someplace with a swimming pool, but <laughs> you know, it's not bad. We're, we're getting out early to walk the dog. Back. Well, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. So when people complain about heat, I'm like, amateur, rookie, rookie. Mm-hmm. You got to come on out here in September. We'll take care of your- I won't but complain you get, to you. But you get, you get more of that wet- Humid, yeah. It's been like a sauna the past couple mornings. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a little, that's it's rough. a little icky. Except I've heard the Phoenix people say, like, "Don't tell me it's just a dry heat." Like, you <laughs> lean against a car at two p.m. on a on a hot afternoon, <laughs> and you'll true. see that we're not messing Listen, around. We there's there's a moment every summer where we walk outside, and if you have any metal jewelry on, like, it's caution, like danger. It's going to burn your mm-hmm. skin if it mm-hmm. touches your skin. Which okay. we're laughing, but only because that's just sounds too ridiculous to be true. Right, and right. yet, yeah, so true, exactly. All right, so tell us um, why this book. Oh, I mean, I write about the things that interest me personally, which you have to do if you're going to write books because they demand years of your lives. Um, you got to research them, you got to write them, and then you get to talk about them. And you don't want to so write true. about something that you don't think is worth all that time and attention. But yeah. I mean, for me, this is a subject that I've wrestled with, that I've thought about, and it's the product of 10 years of conversations with readers to my blog, Modern Mrs. Darcy. But more than that, I mean, the product of conversations from 100 Girls' Nights because when we get together, we talk about the things we're overthinking and why mm. we're doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. So tell us why. Why are we doing it? Why do we overthink? Uh, human nature, biology, and socialization. Mm. Mm. Okay. Break down. Well, we know biology. We'll just go, okay. Um, socialization. Explain. I mean, basically, basically, the deck is stacked against us. So we, and the reason we do it now um, you know, in our 20s, 30s, and 40s is because anything you repeatedly practice, you get really good at. And so for decades, many of us have been practicing these negative thought patterns. I mean, which at their best are unhelpful, um, but at their worst are making us absolutely miserable. And it just, it comes natural after a while because we have gotten so practiced at thinking this way. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me like, what brought you to, was there a moment where is there like, I need to write a book about this. I'm experiencing this because clearly I, we, you can't necessarily write well mm-hmm. about something you don't know, like that you don't live out or have to walk through mm-hmm. yourself. What mm-hmm. is this? How did this look and play out in your life? Well, I was thinking about, I'd finished my second book and it was time to 
write a third one if I was interested. And I knew that just talking with my editor that I didn't want to write a book unless it was something I was really interested about. And so we started talking about what are the things that have made a really big difference in your life? And Mm. what are the things that you've seen that you've talked about over the years? Because that's the thing about a blog. You get to put all these ideas out there and see what makes a difference in people's lives Mm -hmm. and what apparently only interests you and nobody else cares. So um, I started reflecting on what, what has changed my life. Um, and what have I heard from my readers? What has changed theirs? And the thing that I'm most interested in is not like, I don't want to create like a groundbreaking new framework to understand whatever. And I don't want to like tell you how to sell your stuff and move halfway around the world, but for better or worse, what, what I feel like I can offer is learning to see yourself in your world and the situation around you in a subtly different way that nevertheless feels like it changes everything. Mm-hmm. And when I started thinking about some of the like small, subtle shifts and paradigm shifts I've experienced through the years, I mean, so many of them have to do with um, habit, routine, and point of view, it, which, which mm-hmm. takes us squarely into the, the subject matter that we're talking about today. Habit, routine, and point of view. Which sounds so like abstract. So let me give you a concrete example. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, I did have a moment in time. It's not the the moment that like inspired the book by any means, but it's a small thing that made a big difference in my life um, okay. that I wish I'd done sooner. So I had this realization that every time I walk into Trader Joe's, I want the flowers. I love the flowers. It's my favorite part of the store. They have gorgeous flowers that yes, seem to do. last forever. And relatively speaking, they are a bargain. So every week I'd walk through the store and be like, oh, wouldn't that be nice to get those flowers? It'd be so great. What color would I get? And sometimes I put them in my cart and sometimes I wouldn't. And sometimes I'd, I'd like walk around the store with flowers in my cart and then I'd put them back. Sometimes I get to check out and be like, wait, 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 wait. Let me just go grab the tulips real fast. I mean, it was, I mean, I guess you could say like, oh, you just like flowers so much, but no, like it was this massive decision and distraction every time I walked through the doors of the store. Wow. And there have been times in my life when wow. I didn't have three ninety nine for a small bouquet, but like that wasn't the issue going yeah. on here. The issue was like, I just didn't know how to think about it and I didn't wow. know what to do. And I didn't yeah. want to be wasteful and I didn't want to be indulgent. And you could like start to speculate, did I not think I deserve the flowers? But I finally realized like, Anne, just make a decision, do it one time and be done with it. You love the flowers. When you bring them home, they bring you way more than four bucks worth of joy all week long. Just tell yourself when you go to Trader Joe's, you're going to buy the flowers. I mean, unless the peonies in your yard are blooming or you went to Trader Joe's yesterday, just tell yourself you're going to buy the flowers every time decision made for the next 20 years done. You're over. Use the mental energy for something else. So the habit is the routine that you get the flowers and you spent a lot of time. So this is really cool because you spent a lot of time like arguing a point of view, just arguing, right? Is really, that's a negative thought loop is like we get caught into something mm-hmm. and then we think we just spend so much energy and time mm-hmm. trying to make a move. It's almost that analysis paralysis by analysis, which I know you mm-hmm. talk a little bit mm-hmm. about as well. And the magic, of course, isn't the flowers. And maybe like, maybe you have a cat who eats them and that's just not going to be an issue for you. You're not going to put flowers on your kitchen counter. But the thing was, I can't tell you how often I would miss an item on my list because my brain was running this program that, um, I mean, even if you don't want to go so far as to call it unhealthy, it was repetitive and it was unhelpful. I mean, I got plenty of other things to think about 
than to mull over that same relatively insignificant question ad nauseum. It wasn't doing anybody any good, especially not me. If you trace that back, like, do you think, because we're always helping people trying to like recognize the habits Mm. that they do or the conversations that they're having, which is amazing. Mm. Because I think that alone is a a beautiful thing. Like Mm -hmm. at least you're able to see, wait, what am I doing? I mean, eventually. Yeah, eventually. If you you can have that moment, it just saves you so much angst. That's so true. So for the people that have that come to moment, do you think, Mm -hmm. what what is the lie? Like, what is the thing? What is, what drives that? Why would we spend so much time in the negative thought pattern? Do you think it comes somewhere like accusations, identity, value, mm. like where? Mm. And that goes kind of into that, you know, you're talking about uh, human nature and socialization. Mm. But what are some top things you've seen? Well, I mean, of course, I have to say it depends on the person and the issue and their background, et cetera, which isn't helpful to, to anyone, of course. So um, let's see, to generalize, I, I think it often comes from not not perceiving what the real question is we're dealing with. Because mm. for me, that question, I mean, it seems like it's just a question about flowers, right? Mm-hmm. But I think if I were to look for what's what's the question behind the question? Yeah. Like what is the what is the real underlying issue here? Yeah. It was am I okay? Do I want to commit to spending my money on an experience? instead of a tangible good or not, which is silly because what am I going to buy instead? Like lettuce, you eat that, it's gone. And I wasn't (laughs) overthinking that, but, but I um, am frugal by nature. I I was raised by two savers. Okay, good. Yeah. Money root system of like value of the money. Keep going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So do I want to say it is okay to spend this $4 knowing that the only thing I'm going to have to show for it is a week's worth of enjoyment seeing them in my living space? Mm-hmm. And the answer can be yes or no, but either way, understanding that that's the question. Yeah. Like, what, what am I afraid of? Why wouldn't I? And I don't want to be wasteful. And I don't want to be, I mean, I have to tell you that uh, perfectionism and the drive to be really efficient is something that gets me personally in a lot of trouble and something that that drives a lot of overthinking and a lot of people and yeah. realizing like, th- this is what I'm doing. This is why it's hard. And, but now that I know that I'm going to make a conscious decision because yeah. then my brain could settle down. It felt like it had actually answered the question where before it was like, why can I not let this go? Yeah. Yeah. What are some things that people can do to recognize you're in a healthy, unhealthy loop pattern? I mean, the, the first step to any change is to pay attention to your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like when do you tend to go very quickly to the negative? What do you notice in any situation? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we'll have this, uh, this feeling of stress and we can't quite put our finger on it until we backtrack and are able to say like, oh, it's because I just realized I forgot to pay the phone bill and I'm mm-hmm. nervous that it might've been due already, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. But just paying, it sounds, it sounds so boring. It's not exactly an action item. You can check off a list. But the first step to stopping any behavior is just mm-hmm. to notice when we're actually doing it. Because you can't, yeah. you can't change it if you don't know what's happening. Do you have a, a practice of like meditation or an awareness practice or mindfulness? Anything that you do in your life that kind of helps you to be observant of your life? Anything, journaling, mm-hmm. anything. Um, I'm a low key journaler. 
but I don't, I don't journal out my feelings. Um, I didn't mean that to sound snarky. Um, I, I don't journal to reflect on my day typically, unless there's something I want to capture. Um, it's probably worth noting that, that journaling can be a big trap for overthinking. If you are a journaler by nature, um, you want to write down what happened and not, not indulge the emotions on the page that are um, feeling like they're getting out of hand. So just knowing that that's an issue can keep a lot of people on track instead of spiraling into a negative cycle of overthinking. Um, My favorite way to think things through is to walk the dog without anything in my ears. Just Mm. give my brain some time to uh, let itself unspool. Mm. That's a good word. Let itself unspool. Walk the dog. That's beautiful. And we know from the body science research that when we walk the right, left, just right, left mm-hmm. rhythmic without mm-hmm. anything on your ear, mm-hmm. it literally, it rocks the brain, mm-hmm. like right, left, left mm-hmm. sphere, much like when we rock a baby, it calms it. Mm-hmm. So the unspooling can happen without the tension of no, it's, yeah. you know, restriction yeah. or confinement. Yeah. And How you know, what's good for the brain is good for the body Amen. and vice versa. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. How are you in terms of relationship body-wise with negative thoughts or on, do you ever battle that or know women who have and how they show up? <laughs> My no dentist women. knows women who have. Um, really? I'd, dentist? Yes. Tell me. Um, uh, I asked him a leading question one day, not realizing where it would lead. And he said, oh, I don't know where men carry their stress, but women carry it in their jaw. My stressed out patients are jaw grinders. And it's not because they're consciously having anxious thoughts. It happens at night when, yes, when they're sleeping, it, you know, beyond your conscious control. And you, you just called me out. Do you grind your teeth? Do you, do you jaw clench? I did in my 20s. I don't now. God. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to wear a bite guard, right? That's strong oh, motivation. So but, sexy yeah. when you get that at night. My husband's so turned on. Let me put my bite guard in. No, no I definitely, I agree with that. And there's actually no, stuff. That is hearsay from my dentist. I so it. not, not a DMD, but I did think that was really interesting. And just one of the ways that, I mean, our, our, our body reflects the state of our minds. hundred percent. Yeah. So what, um, for a woman who is, uh, battling negative body image, a negative mm-hmm. loop in her in her body. Because you have three things that you can do mm-hmm. for a healthier thought life. What would the what would you encourage that three things for that woman who is doing this thought towards her body? Oh well, since we're talking about the connection between the brain and the body, I mean we're going to talk about the whole time. But <laughs> I was really genuinely surprised to discover um, just first in the literature, but then as I started to pay attention to my own experience, I mean, anyone listening can do the same, that so much overthinking, um, if we catch our thinking over, if we catch ourselves in an overthinking thought loop, we're probably going to think like, oh, that started because I had that conversation with my friend and now I'm hung up on, did I say the wrong thing? Did I say the wrong thing? What does she really mean? What's she thinking now? So we think it started with the conversation, but the truth is, is that we don't leap straight into overthinking when we're well rested, when we're well nourished, when we're well hydrated, Mm. we do it when we are overtired, Mm. we ate Doritos for dinner, we didn't drink our water. We've been sitting on our bums all day. Now, sometimes these things are beyond your control. And in that case, it's sure. helpful to know that you're sure. working at a disadvantage and you're sure. going to do the best you can. And yeah. if you can later, you'll do better. So no shaming here. But yeah. if you eat Doritos for dinner 
and then you make bad decisions. I mean, those, those things are, are linked and I don't want them to be like, that's not sexy. That's not fun. You can't hack your way out of that. Yeah. Yeah. But it is nevertheless true. So, I mean, that's hard if you have negative body image uh, to, to be told that this is important, but treating your body well is the first Mm. thing you can do Mm. because it's got to help you get out of this place. And, and to you be, talk, yeah. You talk about like the compassion, though, too. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you think women, like we with our bodies and the negative thought patterns, is just mm-hmm. such a shame. You're ugly. You're fat. Mm-hmm. You're so disgusting. Like this. Like, you know, we know there's an accuser for that for sure. But mm-hmm. that we can, that to be able to break the loop begins. I know you mentioned compassion and kindness. Mm-hmm. How does that fit in for someone? Well, for a lot of people, a good way into that is to ask yourself, um, what would you tell your friend? If your friend was in the situation you're in right now, what would you tell them? For whatever reason, we're often able to have a much kinder attitude, a lot more grace, a lot more understanding for someone who is not us. Mm, So So, true. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I'm like, why can we do for others what's harder to do for ourselves? But it just shows we are, this empathy is in us. Mm-hmm. It's just turn it toward, towards ourself, which is yeah. really frustrating for people, especially the type A's that want to just fix it ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what was, um, when you were younger and life growing up, um, any negative statements said that you now have to battle later in life that it returns itself in a negative or a negative situation that you go, Oh, Kind of that, that's what I've asked you about, like with the Mm -hmm. Trader Joe's flowers, it goes to, oh, I have this Mm -hmm. thing with money. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything in terms of identity or you and who you are Mm -hmm. as a person that Mm -hmm. tend to come up as negative loops. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, sure. I'm a nine on the Enneagram. Oh, peacemaker. If you want to do a quick Google, you'll find out what our childhood issues were. So um, yes, yes, there are. (laughs) A lot of them. And is it writing? Did writing become a cathartic thing for you? Is it just starting the blog and everything for you to interrupt those patterns? You know, I don't know if that was cathartic as much as, although it's true that I do love like a good personal essay where you sit down and uh, you figure out what you really think through the process of working mm-hmm. out the words. Mm-hmm. But when I started the blog, I mean, it's such, it's almost a cliche. Like I had four kids. One of them was a baby, like a, you know, still in diapers at the time. And I felt like I had very little in my life that was purely mine. Um, mm. You know, I had, I had work um, and I had, you know, my hobbies and I had friends, but I just didn't feel like I had ownership of something that, well, whatever I felt like I lacked, what I wanted was a creative project that I could really pour some energy into that I could say like, look, I did this. And it ended up being the blog. Yeah. And when did you start your blog? What year? In 2011. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. Like nine years ago. I know. And the blog itself, did you, are you still doing it? You still blog? Because I know I listen to your podcast on what to read next. It's just so amazing. I'm an avid reader. So thank you for that. Um, and the blogging still feels like something you enjoy doing. I do. I do. Yeah. I know that people have been saying that blogging is dead for five or six years now, but I still really enjoy it. It That's might not awesome. be cool anymore, but I'm not ready to hang it up just yet. 
<laughs> so true. I've got to get, I come and go with it. I come and go mm-hmm. with like, it's time to write. Now, well, that's I've, the nice thing about a blog that's yours. It's there yeah, for you true. when you want it. Yeah. And yeah. it's feelings aren't going to be hurt if you're totally. not paying attention to so, it. Right totally. So true. Yeah. It doesn't have feelings. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So how can we keep ourselves from second guessing decisions that we make? Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. So obviously set yourself up for success in the ways we talked about, yeah. but a, like a big factor driving second guessing is perfectionism and mm. just realizing that when you're having those second guessing thoughts, you're not being rational. You're not looking at the obvious. What you're doing is holding yourself to a very, very high standard for a past decision can often help. Well, it can often help me see like, and like get over yourself. It is yeah. okay. like, don't, don't let that perfectionism rear its head again. That's what you're doing. There's a name for it. There's a label, you know, it's unreasonable. You know, it makes you unhappy. You can let that go. Yeah, that's so true. I just did that today too, with a little bit of like, what, what's, the, what's the burden? Like, what is this really? And then why is it my responsibility? How, mm-hmm. how have I suddenly made it my responsibility? Kind of mm-hmm. over-identifying with it mm-hmm. and then over-identification, mm-hmm. over-identification leads to just over-responsibility. Yes. Yeah. And to be clear, like, it's not like we shouldn't be reflecting on things that we might have done wrong. Like I had a conversation with a friend recently where I thought, you know what? I don't think I handled that particularly Mm. well. So when I was second guessing myself afterwards, I could ask myself, am I being, am, am I overthinking this or am I, uh, Am I having a completely reasonable reaction to something that I maybe could have handled better and need to follow up on? And I thought in that situation, it was the latter. Um, And one of the reasons I thought that is because I don't overthink the way I used to. And so my brain kept circling back to it and being like, uh, this, 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 here's a very concrete instance where if you did put yourself in your friend's shoes, you might not have been so happy with what, well, this is getting confusing with my pronouns, but I imagined, okay, if our roles were reversed and my friend had said to me, the things I'd said to her, we were talking about a difficult medical evolving situation, um, that she was dealing with that I dealt with in the past. And I told her just enough of my story. Um, I, I think maybe I hadn't told her enough of my story to let her know, like I'd I'd been there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I thought if I, if our roles were reversed, I don't know that I would have felt good about that situation. But instead of like stewing about it forever and ever, um, I called her up and I was like, hey, can we keep talking? So that, that's something else that can help us not second guess. Like decide, do you need to take action or don't you? If you don't, mm-hmm. then you can just maybe mentally put it on the shelf or throw it in the trash or whatever visual works for you. But if you need to take action, go on and do it. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole humility thing. It's funny, like people that don't want to take action, don't you think they tend to like come up with the reasons why not? And the people that are the people that feel like they have to do something all the time to like make things better so that they can stop overthinking. I think that comes back to just knowing where you are in it. Mm-hmm. Is this fear that's pushing me? Is this, I feel guilty or I feel like I have to fix something or am, mm-hmm. did I really need to ask for forgiveness or try that again, mm-hmm. kind of a, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. I think sometimes our thoughts, um, we, they get ahead of us and then we just go and chase them down instead of let me, let me observe yeah. this thought more, yeah. which I think is so, so great. So I asked you before, um, breathing or taking a break or taking a pause. Do you mm-hmm. find any of that helpful or do you, are you still getting in a practice of that? 
Oh, well, I had gotten out of my yoga habits, but I have had to get back into it. Maybe like so many other people um, with the coronavirus situation, a little bit for just taking the breather and honestly, like having some time to myself. I Mm -hmm. live with six people in a enthusiastic puppy. And (laughs) if if you turn on your yoga with Adrian video, nobody's going to talk to you for 25 minutes. And that is magic. That's good for you in all kinds of ways. I mean, I love them dearly, but I am an introvert who needs some quiet um, to to think and to process and to feel like myself. Um, But also we're all sitting so much now that I found that my body really needed it. And when my shoulders are tight, um, Mm -hmm. my mind is cranky. Oh, that's a good, that's a good uh, connection that you've made when my shoulders are tight. My, what would you say? My what is cranky? My mind. Yeah, mind is cranky. That's so true. I mean, I wish it wasn't true. I I wish I could be, you know, perfectly calm, even with back pain, but, um, I just gotta, I gotta give myself the best shot I can Totally, being a happy, healthy human. Yeah, for sure. So what do you hope for the person who reads this book? What's your hope? I mean, I hope that they can, I mean, the things that have made me most miserable in my life are the lies I believed, um, especially the ones I tell myself yeah. or just the, I tend to be so darn hard on myself or blind to the easy fixes that could make my life a, a lot better. Um, I'm always looking for the, um, the thing that delivers a lot of bang for the buck, you know, a little bit of money, mm-hmm. a little bit of effort, but so much joy or peace in exchange. And I'm really hoping that readers will pick this up and that mm-hmm. in some aspect of their life, it'll be a key that unlocks the door. Yeah. I, I can't see how not. I think even if it's stuff, you guys, I've, I've, I've read through it. And the things that you say are things that we maybe have heard, but the way you paint it in a new way, mm-hmm. it was always in my stuff where there's never information that's not good for us to learn and to learn mm-hmm. again, almost like you've never mm-hmm. heard it before because that, that loop that, oh, I've already mm-hmm. done this or, oh, you know, kind of keeps you mm-hmm. in the negative loop instead of let me relearn in a new, mm-hmm. new way. Yeah. I mean, I hope that that readers walk away and can do something immediately, concretely different that makes them happier, whether that's the way you talk to yourselves when you catch yourself in a perfectionistic moment, or whether you're thinking about um, spending money, because whether it's a big thing or a small thing, so many people um, who may not even overthink much otherwise get so caught up when it comes to money. You know, I just hope that I can give them a tool that lets them um, live a way that they feel like is a little better. It's so good. I believe they are. Are you working on your next book? I'm working on a project and I'm not really quite sure if it's a book yet, but, but I'm working. (laughs) I'm sure you're such a great writer. I love reading your stuff. Our audience, you guys, um, you guys are going to love this new book. So don't overthink it. Stop the loop of unproductive thoughts that lead to decision-making fatigue. Again, just truths that we all need to know, revisit, refresh, and, and Anne does such a great job of putting them in new lights, new revelation. Okay, before you go, we love to ask these quick fire questions. You just have I love to it. I'm ready. say it like it is. Ready? Okay. Favorite way to move your body? Oh, I mean, walking the dog. I mean, I like to skip. As a kid, I'd like to skip. If nobody's watching that. now, I just want to skip down the middle of the street. I but I don't that. want anybody to see me. Who cares? Just do it. It's so true though. Skipping is such a fun, rhythmic, like joyful bounce to it. Love that. Mm-hmm. That's so good. You'd probably be really good at jumping rope. Don't know if you I know. am good. I am a jump rope champion. 
From no fifth, way. Well, from fifth grade, but yes, you yeah, are then. Yeah. You should wear that title very proudly. Have you like tried <laughs> jumping rope recently? Yes. That's awesome. That's so I mean, fun. but I've had four kids. I'll spare you the details, but it's just easier before you've had four babies. Oh God. We'll leave it. We at all that. know. Mm-hmm. That's actually yeah, yeah. something people ask. Can we do something about <laughs> the PP pants? But I love it. I do love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I just say put on a black pair of pants and jump rope or skip or do whatever. Nobody will know. That's great advice. <laughs> what's your favorite, um, favorite pair of yoga pants or workout mm-hmm. clothing? What do you, what's your go-to? I have a black cropped Lululemon that I wear. I mean, I was probably wearing them four days a week in the spring. So now I've switched over to shorts. I was going to say though, like at least have you, what's your coronavirus like outfit, your coronavirus uh, uniform? What have you been wearing? A top that looks good on Zoom and cutoffs. <laughs> mm-hmm. You do look very good. I've given up. It's just t-shirts it's just I, that t-shirt I, is perfect yeah it's a fun shirt to wear well I definitely am like I need some schedules like can I I need a meeting I need to leave this house mm-hmm. otherwise mm-hmm. like how I don't even know if I'll remember how to use a blow dryer or anything anymore but <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay kombucha tea or coffee what's your coffee. go-to coffee how many a day three but I'm a decaf drinker okay I seriously okay. plan my day around my coffee so it's 6.30, 10, and 2. 6.30, 10, or 2. Mm-hmm. Breakfast eater or not a breakfast eater? Breakfast. Yeah, Every day. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like it doesn't, it's hard to feel normal if you don't. Like hard for me to start the rhythm of the day if I haven't had some. Once recently, I just forgot. My schedule was a little different. I had a meeting and at 10.30, I thought, I feel awful. What is wrong with me? And then I realized... I've been up for hours and hours and haven't eaten a thing when my body expects to be fed because that's what I do every single Uh day. Uh Uh-huh. That might've been a busy day. Might've been a busy time in life. The nice thing though, is that like, that's something you can fix. You realize you're feeling weird because you're starving. Like you can do something about that. Isn't that so true? I just think to myself, like there's so many places, um, especially from a biblical worldview that God totally goes, okay, you got that wrong. Let's get all your basic needs met here. Are you mm-hmm. sleeping? Have you eaten? Like mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. basic things that we can tend to before we go all philosophical, emotional, and you know, spiritual. Like just get those basic needs met. Right, so. right, right. I mean, before you're going to have a whole life meltdown. I mean, I'm raising young children and we have a couple of teenagers in the house too. So when we start the meltdown, although let me say this is equally true for my husband and me, but um, have you eaten? Have yeah. you showered? Have you slept? Have you moved? Like this is our wow. Is our that's checklist we work through. Awesome. Have you eaten? Have you showered? Have you slept? Have you moved? Mm-hmm. So true. So good. Those are good. Well, there you go, guys. Wellness from Ann Bogle. There. <laughs> Follow her on all the places. Where can people find more about you? More about you. My hub online is my blog, modernmrsdarcy.com, or you can just fire up the podcast wherever you listen. It's what should I read next. It is, and it's really good. You, you keep adding to my book list. So how many books do you read? How, how, what's your book speed? Um, I am a fast reader by nature. I mean, your reading speed to a large degree is like your shoe size. I mean, you're yeah. an 11 or a six and you can't really change that. Um, but I would like everybody to know that I'm a very slow runner, so I don't get to do everything fast. <laughs> um, you're so sweet. But um, how many books a year do you read? Just give us, just- Inspired I didn't us. track until a couple of years ago. Um, I read about, I mean, it's about 200. That but, is amazing. But this is where I need to say that this is a huge part of my job 
Um, and there's no, I believe in quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. It's not uh-huh. a competition. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. if you're, if you're not reading like a, a book every once in a while, then I would encourage you to maybe give that format a try, yeah, but in any, whether that's audiobook or ebook or, um, physical book, okay. but, um, yeah, not a competition and your job probably requires you to do a lot of other things that yeah, do not involve yeah. reading 200 books a year. Yeah. And that totally. is just fine. Mm-hmm. I think just the, the fact, like it's like I said, your design of what you're, your passion or call to for anyone that were big avid uh, encourages for people to be reading just for what it does again for the mind so the mm-hmm. body gets a chance to think or do something new mm-hmm. interrupts those loops takes your mm-hmm. brain on that you know um mm-hmm. you have to be a you have to go into the story or solve the problem with whatever you're learning it's so mm-hmm. good and I did not grow up a reader so you've inspired me to be to pick up more and more books so thank you I did not like yeah I love I see parents that are reading to their kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any of that. No books in our house, nothing. Maybe the TV guide. We mm-hmm. probably read the TV guide. So mm-hmm. I love trying new habits. It's never too late to learn. So no. Well, and it's a great way to combat overthinking. I mean, exactly. a proven trick is if you find yourself overthinking as you're going to bed at night, um, start reading 20 minutes of a good novel, not a thriller, but a yeah. novel before bed and then go to sleep thinking of their lives and their problems instead of your own. You have something to focus on, but it's not going to keep you up too late. I'm telling you, start your own wellness, wellness ministry. You're ready, Anne. Go do it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Anne, for hanging out with us today, you guys, in all the places. And um, swipe up. You'll listen on the podcast. Go swipe up on the show notes and find out more about Anne. And uh, just thank you. Thank you for your time and for sharing what you know with us. We're better for it. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been a joy. Thank you.